what's everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast. Wish you guys a happy Tuesday as it is January 11th. And oh man, this band, uh, this is something that you guys are never, ever going to want to miss and never, ever going to want to forget, especially towards the end of the podcast. The conversation gets insanely real. But before you start, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yes, you guys are all on, you know, the what is it? The New Year's resolution kick? Yeah, you know, we're still in the second week of January, so still on that full-on New Year's resolution kick. Once you get healthy and shape, go to the gym, yeah. But after you're done lifting, after you're done doing all the workout cardio stuff, you're going to want to find, you know, something to help you recover, right? So you can get back at it the next day and you don't break that resolution. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in because they have many different supplements to help you achieve all your fitness goals. Pre-workouts before you get going on your workout. Uh, stim and stim free. I use the stim free stuff because I got enough energy as it is. They also have different beasts of the recovery compounds for your after workout, creatine, protein for your morning, night, and immediately after your workout, multivitamins, anything you might need to your fitness goals. Phoenix Fit has for you. Our listeners get 10 or not 10, 15 percent. Just go to msotd at fnxfit.com. Link description below. Our second sponsor is Custom Debuts. So you guys know I love music. That's why I do a podcast. That's why I talk about it all the time. That's why it is basically my life at this point. And I have so many different music things up around here. Skateboards, flags, posters. I mean, that's what I like. So when Custom Debuts can make me a custom poster of just like anything I want music, hell yeah, I like that kind of stuff. So what they do is, is they let you tell them an artist that you like. Say it's Ice Nine Kills. You can either give them an album, say it's Welcome to Horwood, give them a song, say it's Worst Vacation, and you give it to them, and they will give you a custom poster built around the album, like the artwork and the track listing, or the song with the uh, with like lyrics on the poster, and they will customize the poster to your liking. They'll send you a proof of what you might want in 48 hours. You have unlimited edits, unlimited kind of things. You've got to go back and be like, hey, I maybe want something like this, something like this. And when you're satisfied, you can make the make it and bing, bang, boom, they will send it out to you. You can print it on normal poster paper, like any kind of poster you get, a canvas print or an aluminum sign print. Now, that aluminum sign, I mean, you want to be the most badass guy in your office, gym, you know, have, you know, the coolest music room ever. You're going to probably want something like that. So, Make sure you do that. Our listeners get 10% off. Use the code CPP10 at checkout for custom debuts. Link description below. Thank you, customers. Not our feature presentation. You guys know who Nonpoint is, right? Absolutely. Their cover of When Doves Cry was going absolutely crazy in terms of popularity at the end of 2021. Their Ruthless EP released on December 27, 2021. They have a headline run right now where Elias, their lead singer, says this is the heaviest set list they've put together and they've got more new music coming out and we talk all about it on this podcast but make sure that you get to like you know the 40 45 minute mark because the band started their own label called 361 degrees and it's their own independent record label that's when things get insanely real Elias talks about the difference between being independent and why people are going independent versus that artist label or label yeah artist label relationship I'm sorry my bad and where the disconnect comes in it's captivating i mean i i was not going to talk during that because i just wanted to listen there is so much there to really get sink your teeth into it is absolutely incredible and i cannot wait for you guys to hear it so please welcome elias from the band nonpoint to the podcast are you ready let's go yeah
Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, if you've liked anything in metal for the past like 20, 25 years, this band is surely one that has come across your radar, and I'm pretty sure you have not missed them, and if you have, well... Now you get to check them out because they've got a brand new EP coming out at the end of 2021 called Ruthless. They're going to be touring at the beginning of 2022. They're going to be playing Shiprocked as well. And their recent cover of Prince's When Doves Cry has been hailed. It is honestly one of the greatest covers from the past five to six years. So please welcome Elias from the band Nonpoint. So Elias, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for being on, man. How's everything going in, you know, your world around this time of the year, way in life? It's good. It's crazy. You know, family, uh, home, running around doing Christmas shopping and, and getting geared up for uh, for the holidays, really. That's the uh, that's the focus around these times. So trying to juggle the release coming and and family is 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 the goal. Really throwing it all in together. It's okay. We got Christmas. Then we've got the release of the EP. Then you guys are going back out on tour for the new year. Then Shiprock happens. And then you still have the rest of 2022 to go. I mean, you guys are starting out the year pretty much, in the best way to put it, just guns blazing. Yeah, we, we have a, a, a busy year coming. Um, we're about to get back into the studios uh, right after we come out of the uh, tour to start up the next EP and uh get working on the full length so we got we got a lot of work to do a lot of work to do but a especially after what we saw you know in 2020 with the pandemic and then 2021 you guys getting able to go back out and tour the release of the ruthless ep kind of took a little bit of time we had that break but it's just we understood when it came to live music when it came to recording when it came to just making music how much it means to you guys how much it means to everybody that listens to it and to never take anything like that for granted ever again yeah, really, really, it it uh it it put everything into perspective on how quickly everything can can change, and uh, you know it definitely tested our our infrastructure and our process and um, allowed us to find a new channel to our fans uh, and a new way to engage with them. So you know some positives, some negatives, but mostly for us positive. And that's the way it would it kind of had to be looked at because it was a time that no one really knew what was going on. We had no idea when live music was going to come back. We had no idea when we we're going to be able to go out and see you guys perform live. So to connect with the fans, we had to go. You guys had to go out like in any way you possibly could. So really focusing on everything online was going to be the major key component of that until live music came back and you guys could go back out on the road, start touring, people could see you play live, and then all of a sudden you know have those crowds where everyone's just going to get absolutely crazy like they did when you guys were touring with the Treyu around like August, September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but even then, we, there were some bumps in the road for that one. So, uh, you know, we're, we're still, I guess, building the plan for the new, uh, the new process and the new way of, of, of delivering music and, and promoting music because, uh, you know, new variants are coming and, and uh, you know, things are starting to lock down again. So we're, we're, uh, we're expecting to shift gears here again uh, shortly, uh, you know, because it looks like people will be home uh, listening to it again. Well, I, I certainly hope that's not the case because for me, I love going to live shows. I love going to concerts. I've probably spent six, seven hundred dollars 
already for concerts coming up in the first like couple of months of 2022. And I don't really want to miss out on any live shows again because, well, it was it was it was a rough you know year and a half without jumping to a mosh pit going absolutely crazy. But when it what I do like what you said is you do understand the way that the world is working right now. You do understand your surroundings. You are aware of the situation. So you guys are essentially on your toes right now when it comes to, all right, if we're going to be able to play live, if you know nothing's going to get shut down, if we're going to continue to be able to go on, we are ready to do that. But if it goes the other direction, we start having a you know shut down once again in certain areas, live shows end up being postponed once again. How do we attack that? You're already putting that idea in place, that mindset ready to go so that you're able to continue reaching out to your fans, continue to be able to connect the fans and continue to grow non-point no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah, we're easy going. So we, we were able to, you know, uh, shift plans and, and you know, uh, kind of, I don't know, brainstorm on new ways to, to deliver our, our entertainment to our fans because that's, that's really what everyone was missing. You know, um, uh, it's, it's not easy uh, to put on a, a very entertaining online show, uh, you know, after, you know, having so many concert experiences. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I speak for the entire music industry when I say that we're all doing our best to, to keep the, uh, the show going. Um, but, you know, for the safety of our fans, for, uh, you know, based on whatever states and, and, and federal uh, uh, powers that be are, are directing our you know, gatherings, um, you know, we're going to just make sure that our fans know that we're going to keep entertaining them. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even throughout 2021, you guys continue to show that as well. And I remember I was supposed to potentially see you guys twice in 2021. Once was you guys were playing up in Green Bay at the Epic Event Center with Atreyu. However, I'm like, I I was about to buy a ticket for it, but then all of a sudden I ended up getting a ticket. I believe it was to probably go and see Rise Against it. And I'm like, well, I can't really pass up going to see Rise Against. That's my favorite band. And then I was out in Virginia for Blue Ridge Rock Fest. And my one buddy who he basically turned me on to Nonpoint back in like, I think this might have been like 2012 when I first met him. He's like, you got to listen to this band. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden we were all set and ready to see you guys. And then the unfortunate accident with the trailer happened. And it was just like, oh man, you know. Of course, we all understood the whole entire thing. And I did enjoy the fact that you guys put that whole entire 12 minute video out on YouTube, kind of showing everyone what happened, describing the situation to really see, you know, stuff like this does happen. And when it comes to you guys specifically, how you guys reacted to that situation to make sure that, you know, the show does go on, but you guys are, you know, basically it's, it's, it's still a band. You guys are still people and showing the human side, I believe really helped a lot of people connect with the band even more so than they already had. Yeah. 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 We, well, we're, we're, uh, we're definitely the, the kind of band that likes to allow people a peek behind the curtain and um, to get to know us personally, there's a lot to our story and a lot to the people that are actually, um, you know, in the band, it's just not a bunch of songs. It's, it's actually human beings behind it. So, um, you know, when we can give people a little taste of that and um, a, a way to connect with that, you know, our, our creative director, Frankie, um, you know, she captures some some pretty uh, amazing moments. So to be able to show those moments to our fans, because 90 percent of the time they can't be there, um, you know, it's it definitely has some value. And especially see a moment like that where I mean, a lot of us have not gone through anything like that, but just to see 
again, the whole human side of what you guys had gone through at that point, how the connectivity of just, you know, getting, make sure and everything was, you know, okay. Thankfully, no one was hurt in any situation with that, which is again, the greatest thing that happened Mm -hmm. through that was no one was hurt, but then also seeing the outpouring of support from the rock and metal community, from other bands, from the fans as well, when that happened, because I saw nothing but support for you guys from, from any side from when that happened. It's pretty incredible. You know, uh, I, uh, it's another thing that we don't take for granted. You know, our fans are, are, uh, they're our lifeline and our support system, you know, on top of, you know, why we do this. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty amazing to watch that kind of reaction. Um, especially that quickly, you know, they want us to keep going and they, they definitely help us, you know, do that. Well, I think another reason why we wanted you to get back going so quickly was due to the fact that a lot of people connect with your music in such a positive way that it's we see what your music has done for us. And now here's a chance for us to potentially help you guys out in this sort of a situation to, you know, show support any way we can. So we're going to jump on that and do that any way we can to make sure that you guys continue living out your dream and we continue to enjoy the music that you produce. Well, it's it, thank you. Thank you. It's it's definitely a, a, a an amazing trade off. We've we've uh, our fans and and this band have had a quite the history and 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 quite a relationship our entire twenty year tenure. So, um, you know, I, I I look forward to sunsetting with these people uh, for the rest of my life. It's going to be a great 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 uh, golden years without without a doubt. And, and hopefully that sunset is like that full on sunset is a long, long ways away because. Oh yeah. Way long ways. We don't, we don't, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're, we're definitely not um, running out of songs to write. And that's, that's all it takes is, is a good song. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you guys have a brand new EP coming out on December 27th. You said you're working on another EP and working on another full length album as well. So yeah. you're always working on new music continually to provide us with things. And when it comes to releasing great music, I do want to jump into this specifically, and that is the cover of When Doves Cry, based on its reception, both from, you know, music critics, from fans. And then when I listened to it, I mean, I was sitting there thinking, when it comes to covers, there's always like three certain things I like to pick out, and you guys hit on all three of those things. So I'm like, this was awesome. So first question I want to ask around that is, what was the decision for covering When Doves Cry, especially because... It's a Prince song. That is no easy feat to do. Uh, our fans chose it. Our fans chose it. We we held a campaign online where uh, we put up a bracket of a bunch of songs and just had them fight it out all the way till the end where it was it was down to two. It was Metallica and Prince and uh, Prince prevailed. Was there a certain song in that bracket that you were just hoping for? It's like, can we get to do this one? Was there just one on there that you kind of had in your head? Like, I want to do this one. I want to do this one. And then... Yeah, this is what the end result was. There were there were actually two. Uh, Edge of Seventeen by uh, Stevie Nicks was one I was hoping uh, to see make it to the end, and uh, the Fugees, uh, Ready or Not, I thought would have been a really cool uh, track to cover. So I know really far, far away those two, but they were both my favorites to uh, to to win. But that's kind of the beauty of being able to do a like a cover song as well because. They can, you can bring something from a completely different realm, even multiple different realms, 
and work within your own style to cover that song. And it's going to bring out some completely different emotion or a completely different way to express the emotion that the song is trying to express, the meaning that it's trying to express, and just deliver it kind of in a way where, okay, it's not going about the same way that the original is, but it's going about it in a different way, but the end point you're getting to is the exact same. Yeah, we uh, we definitely like to respect the song. Uh, you know, songwriters spend a long time writing their music, so I don't want to disrespect that in any way. Um, but uh, I also don't just want to redo. So, um, you know, we, we challenge the song in a sense of, of trying to pay homage in, in a sense. Uh, but then we try to put a, a, a completely different twist. So even the, the person that wrote it originally is like, okay, this is, this is, uh, this is something different. So it's not them just trying to do the exact same thing that I did, but just, uh, just with a guitar. Yeah, because I've, I've seen and heard those cover songs where it's just, okay, they're going to take the exact same thing and change one thing of it, put their voice over it, and that's and That really doesn't connect at all. But when you're able to transform the song, pay homage to the original, keep the original's feel there, but just complete, but change it up so that it feels like you guys wrote it, and then deliver on that same emotion, deliver on the same message of the song. Again, if we're going to feel that, then then we're going to have a chance to have one hell of a cover and really enjoy it. Similar to like, I, I always use an example, Disturbing the Sound of Silence. That's always kind of like the standard I use in terms of what a great cover sounds like. Because if you listen to the two, when it comes to the overall like emotional theme, they're going to be the same. When it comes to how you achieve that through the different style of music, it's completely different. But the powerful emotion of those songs still hit the same. And when it came to the When Doves Cry single... I, especially from the way you guys opened up in the first verse and that first chorus. I mean, it was pretty much set in stone right there in my mind that you guys were going to absolutely nail this one. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well, Dr. Fink liked it. So that's, that's good. The, uh, the, the keyboard player, the first, this, the only original standing member of, uh, the revolution right now is, uh, said he dug the track. So that was, that's good. I mean, that's as, that's as close as like the act, like the full on seal approval that you can get, because if there's the only remaining member of the revolution, it was like, hell yeah, I like this. Then yeah, 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 he was he was there when it happened. So I'm, I'm cool with that. So when it came to really writing this and putting your own style on it, while also paying homage to the original, what was the writing process like to really create the way that it came out? And I got to put first off specifically that first intro and chorus before the rest of the band really comes in full. Uh, that, uh, you know, to be honest with you, it took a few versions. We, we played with, uh, coming in hard right away and played with, uh, you know, uh, full band soft foot. I mean, it, it was like five, six versions, maybe even seven versions of this song. Um, just because we just weren't happy. And, uh, you know, I think after everyone kind of beat their heads against the wall. Um, you know, I grabbed the track and, and you know, just basically put a, a slow tempo up and, and sang the vocal line um, and, and just put the idea together. And, and the guys were like, yeah, this is definitely the direction we should go. And, you know, that's, that's when everybody really uh, started to hit the gas. 
when it comes to just kind of especially using more of that more melodic having a little bit more of this like deeper melodramatic tone especially through where the vocals were and with kind of how the instrumentals even played off of it as well in my mind that's what really sunk it in for me because take again when you take a look at the original it did have more of this flow kind of like this funkier feel to it just because it was prince that's the way that he was yeah, gonna yeah, it was a was pop writing. song it was a pop song so that's that's what he was going for but he uh he it's i mean if you listen to the the lyrics of that song it's it's pretty uh it's pretty intense so you know there was there was plenty of of, of meat to to chew on there and 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 really turn into a metal song there wasn't anything campy uh about it you know when when we were really digging in and, and writing it we we realized that it, it could be very um dark and eerie and mysterious and uh i think uh first approach and 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 you know honestly i, I would think anyone's first stab at it would be like hey let's just hit the gas throw the tempo up and 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 try to see what it would sound like loud uh because you know in some cases like a Pink Floyd song, you know, there's, there's not much you want to do to that, you know, where, you know, songs like, you know, pop songs, they, they leave, leave a little bit more uh, 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 space to move around. And, you know, you can, you can choose to uh, reinvent things. I mean, I heard somebody cover uh, Complicated by Avril Lavigne on acoustic and it gave me chills i about you know welled up in tears because i didn't even realize what how how deep you can make even the simplest lyrics uh sound it, it really gave me a difference and this was decades ago when i when i heard this uh this version have to go scour the internet and try and find that version now and have a yeah, listen you, to it. Yeah, I bet you'll find it. It was it was uh it was iconic enough that I'm sure um I'm sure the I remember hearing uh the gentleman speak right before he he performed it and uh um you know and he brought up that point that sometimes a good song is just a good song. Um and if you sing it right it could it could be something amazing. This is a good way to put it. And when it comes to what you guys do with the cover of When Doves Cry, because if you do take a look at the lyric content, like you said, there is so much there. There's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of heavy emotion there based on based on just what the song is about, based on uh, just based on a relationship that's going through a lot of different issues. And really being able to go into that, especially as a metal band that's used to, you know, heavier instrumentation, sometimes a lot faster stuff than that be able to pull that back and slow it down, be a lot more melodic with it, but also still keep the semblance of heaviness in there. You're giving this different heavy emotion through those instrumentals just to that whole entire emotional base that the song has at its core. And then with your vocals again over it, kind of having a little bit of a deeper feel to it while also kind of just going melodically, melodramatically over the whole entire thing. It creates that heaviness that the song has and creates the heaviness that the core of the emotion has and that the meaning has without, you know, direct, like being so directly close to the original. It's a completely new feel to the whole entire song, but the emotion and the drive forward are still there so that it connects so much close to the original. And we feel the emotion of that in a completely different light. Well, there was a lot of abstract in, in that, in the lyrics and, um, 
that he was using as a metaphor, I would say for, for the, um, the natural misunderstanding of an un, an unexplainable love that if you have something that is just so unbridled and so unapologetically just love, you just can't describe it with plain old words. And, you know, I mean, look at the lyric, uh, dream if you can a courtyard, an ocean of violets in bloom. Animals strike curious poses. They feel the heat between me and you. It's like that, that kind of poetic explanation of, of his love for somebody, you know, that um, he's describing to them their love for each other. And to be able to um, paint that picture of an, an entire courtyard. So like an English countryside castle with a huge, beautiful garden courtyard and it's nothing but violets blooming. You know, that kind of like, that kind of awe inspiring picture is, is, is not for um, basic love. No, no, it is not. And I, this is why I love bringing up these songs, talking about means with, with you guys, with the artists, because there's so much that goes on here. And it just, I miss it, like enthralled with just how you describe that. And even on top of that too, you listen, you listen to lyrics and you, if you just read them without hearing the music, yeah, you're going to see this deep metaphorical thing, but you add the music that's behind it. And it adds so much more to a powerful emotional feel. It's a lot of the reasons why, you know, say you're watching a movie and all of a sudden there's a, there's like a super duper big action scene that's happening and you hear that epic theatrical music behind it. It gets the adrenaline pumping. It gets you going. Or if there's a very sad moment or very dramatic moment, music always ends up amplifying the overall sensory feel that you get from it. And it amplifies the emotion that the scene is trying to portray to where you could potentially start just really laughing, just feel happy absolutely ball your eyes out crying that's the power that music has and that instrumentals have especially behind the verses that are the poetry that are the lyrics yeah for sure it's like cue the french horns you know that's that's what you're waiting for all of the uh the the horns and the uh, flutes and all of that stuff to come in the string the string section and and to bring in the dramatics for sure Oh, whenever the string section comes in, it's just like, that's just going to add so much more to that theatrical, dramatic telling of honestly anything. Yeah. Everything should be a Halo uh, theme song. Oh, dear God. If everything was a Halo theme song, I'm pretty sure that, you know, you would never, no one in the history of the world would ever stop listening to music. Like you'd walk out of the house. You'd have to have some sort of like earbuds, headphones, mini speaker running at all times playing because, well, the yeah. Halo theme is freaking awesome. Yeah, everyone would be driving around in like Mad Max style cars with huge bumpers and like, you know, run flat tires and <laughs> <laughs> matte black paint. And, you know, it would, it would be that kind of, uh, that kind of life for sure. All while driving down just hearing, oh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
All right, I might have to start doing that when I pull up to places, but unfortunately, I don't have a Mad Max style car. I drive a 2006 Subaru Legacy, so I don't think it's going to be as epic. Hey, man, just break up a couple shopping carts and a welder. You'll 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 make that bad bad boy look like a uh, an attack car for real. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to get some shopping carts. I'm taking them to my buddy's house and we're just going to weld the hell out of that thing in. Reinforcement, that's all you need. Might not necessarily be street legal though, but you know what? That's the chance we're willing to take here. Yeah, just put some reflectors on it. That's all. You're good. <laughs> oh my god, it's going to look like a like the bike I had when I was like 13 years old. It's just like, alright, you got all this cool stuff on there. What you do is you put student driver. You put a student driver <laughs> sign on the side of it. No, but you're good. Never pull you over. I have a sticker that I just stick on the side of my car sometimes just in case. Oh, Drive that's... home a little tipsy, student driver. Bang, right there. No, <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm joking. That's, that's a bad idea. Bad idea. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, we'll just I, – I, but if all of a sudden – if someone if, if someone all of a sudden sees a car that says student driver has a bunch of shopping carts on it, just know that it's probably me driving. You heard it here first. <laughs> and they know where I got the idea from. But, you know, when it, if all of a sudden there, I get pulled over and I'm like, well, who gave you the idea? I'm like, well, he gave me the idea. However, I'm the one that, you know, made it. So it's still on yeah, me. Yeah. It ain't on the him. Views of, the views of Eli Serrano do not reflect the views of non-point and non-point band, band 361 degrees records. Right? <laughs> yeah, there, there is the disclaimer literally right Damn then. In there. there you go. <laughs> and then continuing with like when dubs cry as well. Because especially after that like first verse and the first chorus, then all of a sudden you bring in the rest of the band, you really bring in the full instrumentals once again. And they are heavy, but they still continue on with more of this melodic feel pace that continues on from, you know, that intro, the intro verse, the intro chorus as well. So you still get that overall same driving emotion that you had from the beginning, but now it still feels a lot heavier, but also naturally heavier, like the song is progressing to that point. Yeah, well, uh, the you know you got to take them on a bit of a roller coaster. If, you know you don't want to, uh, you know we we like to top thrill dragster people. You know, shoot them out at about six hundred miles an hour, shoot them up ninety degrees at about three hundred, spin them two hundred ninety degrees, throw them back down at about another hundred miles an hour, and then spit them out the back end. That stuffs. Oh yeah. And even like with one other thing I really liked about like how you end up continuing on with that was especially the lead guitar, because especially it, it kind of also paid homage to the original, because if you you kept going heavy, yeah, it would have made sense. But with that uh, lead guitar, the higher pitch notes that they were playing in the forefront, especially on the mix, really helped out that melodic backing sound even heavier. However, it also kind of paid homage to the original where you're still sort of feeling like, you know, it's kind of has a little more of that potential like emotion of that pop feel to it but it's definitely nowhere near that pop sense the, it is still you're talking about the tension in the bridge or in the course uh course the course yeah yeah that was the the lead uh we what we were trying to do is there is a there's an underlying hook that you really have to listen for that you don't realize is the hook in the original and it goes no that has that that is so tucked that you 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 don't even realize that that's the rhythm behind that how can you just leave me standing that's if you listen to the original you can hear it buried back there so we pulled that out 
and attach that to the uh, to the lead in the in the uh, so that's that high pitched note that you're hearing. I never would have guessed that that was the case in a million years. If you'd give me a million guesses, I would have failed on every single one of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where that one got pulled from. Uh, it was it was just a, a little uh, layer that he put there in the mix somewhere, and I I don't know if it was a if it was a guitar lead or something that he had buried in the back. But I started noticing that that's that's what everybody was bouncing off in that original, um, and and. You know, that's that's how that vocal works so well with that rhythm. That is some serious reverse engineering of a song, my friend. But my God, does it just because when you listen to that chorus, it feels so natural compared to the original as well. Like the overall flow is the same, but it sounds completely you're not necessarily sure why. And now I kind of have a feeling why, because you pulled yeah. out that you pulled that piece out from the back of the original and put it in the front. So now it's more prominent to the, you know, casual listener is not you know going to full-on reverse engineer it it does sound different but it has the same feel but all of a sudden you go that deep into it now it's like okay this is completely working hand in hand with it to be one hell of a cover song well still again standing out on its own in terms of quality well thanks man that's that was i think that was the pop element that we were deciding to leave in there and again smart decision to leave it in there eh? because one thing I always find about certain cover songs is like whenever I see them not really work out is they always tend to feel forced. However, when it came to you guys doing When Doves Cried, it did not feel forced in any step that everything felt, you know, it flowed naturally. Everything felt properly done. It just felt like it was a different song that hit on the same motion. All of a sudden you connect the two together and I got to say, and this it, it might sound like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but trust me, I'm not so far. For this decade of the 2020s, this is the best cover song I've heard. We're two years into it, and we'll see if anyone has a chance to even beat this thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We, you know, I'm glad we went back to the drawing board as many times as we did, because if it sounds natural, then that's that's the goal. And when it does, it's something where, you know, people are going to start people. All of a sudden, I'm going to end up taking a look at your Spotify accounts in like two to three years. And all of a sudden, I'm going to see like two of your guys' original songs as number one, number two. And all of a sudden, number three, the cover when Doves Cry is going to end up being there because. Well, it is right now. It is. It actually is right now. So it's uh, it's a uh, bullet, um, bullet chaos, uh, breaking skin uh, in the air tonight and Doves. So they're 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 all up there. People like the covers. I knew Bullet was going to be number one, though, because that was the song my buddy showed me. He's like, dude, you, you got to check out this band at point we played. And I'm just like, again, I was, it was like 2012. I'm like, can we play this on Guitar Hero? Because, well, what, what game was that one on? <laughs> I'm not sure if it ever made it on one of those games, but we were trying to find it as best as possible. I think it, it did. I think it made it on, uh, oh, I think it was on, uh, uh, I don't want to misquote. I do not want to misquote. Uh, rock Band. It was Rock Band. It was uh, Rock Band. Okay. Yes, it was Rock Band. Unfortunately, my friends, we were we were all guitar hero kids, so rock band we did yeah, not have I, that. I, I believe that the uh, I believe Alive and Kicking and another song, uh, I believe Miracle is on uh, is on Garage Band right now. So you still play Now Point for sure. Well, shoot. I mean, um, well, even though you know we're shooting this right around Christmas, I don't think I can you know tell you know people that are going to be you know buying me Christmas gifts, put on my Christmas list. Find me the copy of Rock Band that has Bullet by Nonpoint on it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And if not, you can get a, a WWE SmackDown 
and that's got bullet and uh alive and kicking on it and you can fight come out to our music so that's pretty good do you know which wwe game it was was it like 2006 2007 maybe i think it was six i think it was 2006 all right, now I just have to go. I just have to fight one person for it because my brother has it in his apartment right now. So there Scott, you go. I'm coming for you, and I'm getting that game back for the yeah, sole yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you could. A lot of people were coming out to our stuff, and we have another song on there called "Everybody Down." That's pretty. Uh, that we wrote specifically for them. So, uh, yeah, we're actually playing that on on tour right now. No, really? Yeah, we brought that song back because people were asking for it so much. Um, I didn't want to do it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. Um, not in a bad way. It's just, I, I didn't think anybody would, I didn't think anybody wanted to, uh, to hear that song. Cause it was a song on a video. It wasn't on any of our records. So uh, I didn't, I didn't think so, but we get, we get so many requests. Um, we put the, the question online and asked everybody, we're like, Hey, what do you, what do you think we should add to the set? And that one was like number three in the list of most voted. So, uh, we added it back in. Well, shoot! All of a sudden, you guys are going to start putting more songs in video games, and people are going to start requesting those left and right. I mean, it's yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping we get we get them to reach out to us uh, uh, in the in the coming months um, with Ruthless and with uh, uh, our next single, "Back in the Game," which I feel like is going to be a a serious. Um, I think that song is going to be the one that gets put on the most video games and the most. Uh, uh, it sees the most light of day on like wrestling stuff. I, I really feel like it. Well, I got to ask why you think that, especially because I know with Ruthless, the single, you guys really, I think, did you guys premiere that one with AEW? Uh, yeah, we actually did. We, um, that one dropped with, uh, uh, during Blood and Guts with AEW. And, um, it was slated for uh, another event. Uh, they heard the song and immediately they were like, nah, nah, this is gonna go <laughs> over here. So, uh, which is great because it was, uh, it was, it was a live event. So people actually, more people got to see it than they would have on the, on the pay-per-view. So um, very exciting. Very exciting. That's a cool way to put it. I, Cause I've seen other bands, like, especially when it comes to different wrestling promotions where all of a sudden, you know, they have a song that comes out on, let's say for might be the song for a pay-per-view might be a song that's played live somewhere might be a song that, okay, you know, they're just going to add it to like this one wrestler is going to walk out to it. I mean, hell look, look at alter bridge, especially from the wrestling community. When they first, when they first, you know, dropped their first album, all of a sudden metalingus became edges walk-up song. And all of a sudden that was like the best walk-up song that of the two thousands, because so many people knew it's like, okay, we got to find out this band. Turns out the band's alter bridge and it's got miles Kenny and Mark Tremonti. So yeah. yeah, people really got into it. It's going to be good. <laughs> you know it's going to be good. You got those two guys involved for sure. No, absolutely. So why do you think uh, this other song was it back in the game, correct? Back in the game. Uh, the lyrics and, and the riff is just, it's 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 really hard. Uh, the, the chorus uh, says, um, and you're looking at a one-man death squad. So it's, it's pretty, it, it gets, uh, and it, yeah, it says I may be one man, but I'm a death squad. So it's, it gets pretty, uh, it gets pretty intense. We didn't pull any punches with the lyrics in this, uh, in the CP. Well, I mean, from what I heard when you guys uh, played Ruthless, I went through that whole entire song as well. Like you guys didn't pull any punches with that, especially with, 
the call and response, especially in the in the first half of the chorus, with you seeing all of a sudden the rest of the band just screaming ruthless right back at it. I mean, there is no punches pulled. It sounds like every time they're saying ruthless, you know, you're getting hit in the face with something, whether it be a punch, whether it be a kick, whether it be a steel chair, whether Triple yeah. H came and hit you with a sledgehammer. Yeah, that one that one definitely gets uh, definitely gets the crowd reaction and the love back and forth, especially live. That one gets you know people are singing the hell out of that one. And I'm pretty sure there's probably a good old mosh pick going on where people are going absolutely crazy. Full so, full time. Well, when I get to see you play live, I'll, I'll guarantee you one thing. That's where I'm going to be. I'll see you there for sure. You, you'll probably see it's like, okay, who's this random, who's this crazy guy in the middle just going absolutely crazy and ruthless? And why is his hat flying off? And why is he on the ground? Oh, wait, it's Kevin. He's fine. He'll be good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. We're, uh, we're, uh, you know, we gear our music, we think about our fans and we think about the, uh, the live show when we uh, put songs like that together. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're you know, there's going to be more of them coming real soon and, and on Heartless. There's a, uh, there's some, some pretty heavy songs coming. So I hope, I hope people are ready. And you're, you're killing me here, man, because I just want to hear some of these songs now. And I want to go up and be able to see you guys live now. So I can, you know, Again, I, I love going to concerts, especially the ones that are high energy. If I get hurt during them, so be it. I still enjoy doing all that crazy stuff anyway. So yeah, this, if I'm this, hearing this stuff, like I want to be in there. <laughs> the set in January is um, is for sure probably the loudest, uh, most intense set that we've put together in in years. We added two. Um, just to make it even heavier because we want people walking away um, from these shows going. That was, that was the heaviest knot point I've ever seen. Okay. Then I got to go take a look at this, uh, this tour, this like lineup again of when you guys are going to be out there because I got to figure out wherever the closest is you guys are going to be to me and how the hell I'm going to get there. Well, we're contemplating um, uh, posting the set list and we feel like that's really going to drive people to the set. I mean, to the shows, uh, but uh, you ch- keep an eye on our socials and, and, and you can make your decision then. Oh, I'll keep an eye on the socials and I'll, I'll put this, if for some random reason, if for some reason I can't make it out to this like run that you guys are doing in January, I've got a feeling that you guys are going to continue to do runs in 2022 at some point. And hopefully you'll got, you guys will come around somewhere in my neck of the woods that's at the very, at least like, you know, maybe like two hours away from me or closer because I can make it. So as long as I get to see you guys potentially play here in my hometown in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or in Madison, Green Bay, or of course, even down in Chicago as well, like I'm making it happen. Oh, we're, we're definitely going to be in the Midwest soon. So you'll, you'll, you'll definitely be able to get a chance to catch us there without a doubt. And I'm going to make sure I tell my friend, be like, Hey dude, remember when you showed me nine point? Okay. You're, you're traveling from Minnesota. You're coming to meet me here. You're coming here. If my buddy Chris is like, well, I don't want to, I'm not sure if I want to do that. I'll just, tell him, I'll, I'll freaking buy your ticket, man. We're going to have some fun. Yeah. The Midwest shows are always amazing for us. So, you know, you definitely want to catch us in the Midwest uh, or South Florida or Texas. Texas is really good um, for us. Uh, Flint, Michigan, Hartford, Connecticut is, is amazing. Um, you know, there's, there's a few pockets that, that you can really catch us in. Midwest is, is definitely one of the good ones. So you're, you're in luck. Well, I'm not going to miss out on that. And then even with some of these other songs, well, one of the, like we just were talking about earlier, you know, you guys had a lot of success in the video game circuit back, you know, in the mid two thousands. 
if all of a sudden, you know, especially with back in the game, you're able to get back on the video game circuit with how heavy it ends up going along with some of the other stuff like, you know, what happens if you guys are able to work with AEW again to get something like that going with how AEW is continuing to grow as the main competition for WWE. Or what if even gets picked up by WWE, which right now is the biggest, still or still is the biggest wrestling promotion out there. And there's a lot of fans, a lot of eyes on there. And a lot of those fans might even know your music, but even the ones that don't really still like the style of music that you guys work within. So... Again, when it comes to like that video game style, especially within the wrestling scene, you guys really connecting with that. That is one hell of a smart move to continue to make. Yeah, well, we have a a, a, a big group of our fans are, are wrestling fans because of, of our history with WWE back in uh, uh, during the Raw days when we were on that uh, that video game. But uh, the the AEW camp is is amazing, amazing group of people and. Uh, just pros, sweet people to work with, um, kind and, and, you know, fun, fun people to work with. So, uh, I, I hope to, to get that phone call again and work with them again. Um, if WWE comes knocking, we'll gladly answer that phone and, and, and answer that, that door as well. But, uh, um, our wrestling community is, is definitely one of the big champions for not points. So, what we might need for the from the wrestling community and all the non-point fans is when these, especially when these songs start to drop, is start just like tagging AEW and yes. sending them the song. Same thing with WWE. Literally, make sure they see this song, make sure they hear this song, and make yeah. sure they know that you want to see this song played at either promotion or bo- even both. I mean, why not both? Because all that's going to do is, is A, give those promotions one hell of a kick-ass song to help promote <laughs> their product with. Two, it's going to end up fitting in, like like you guys know, they already know Nonpoint, so this is going to work. And three, I mean, who doesn't want a kick-ass song to end up, you know, getting, you know, a lot more acclaim, a lot more attention to the point where everyone has it on their workout playlist. Everyone has, everybody's like, oh, we need to have like a song like to make me feel powerful potentially after like a break or something. Boom, here you go. Like this song can cover so many bases for people that just want to just go. Aah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one back in the game is 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 for sure. Uh it's it's one of those songs that we wanted to help people uh uh you know do their long sprints, uh their workouts, you know, leveling up uh in the gym. Uh we're definitely uh the the type of music to grow muscles faster. That is very true, sir. No wonder why Bullet is on one of my couple of workout playlists. So had to put it on there. It, it made total sense <laughs> to put it on there. So I'm gonna have to end up. I'm gonna end up adding. I've added Ruthless to one of them. I'm probably gonna end up adding back to the game one of them as well. Yeah, if you want more biceps, you got to play more Ruthless without a doubt. Just end up playing on the squire. All of a sudden, it's like okay, trying to hit 355 day. Let's do this. Yeah. <gasps> it's like okay, maybe not be able to do it, but all of a sudden, put on some non-point. And all of a sudden, you know, 10 reps is gonna be no problem. Yes, we're like your we're like your spotter. <laughs> no, no, spotter, trainer, motivator, whatever it is, non-point has you covered. Yes, indeed, indeed. Oh man, that is probably one best way to kind of describe, especially some of the newer music. It's like, yeah, you want to get, you want it's like an infomercial. You want to get jacked. You want to get ripped. You want to have all the motivation, gym to potentially punch through a wall. You want to feel as strong as one of the Avengers. Well, when you're working out, listen to Nonpoint with songs like Bullet, with songs like Ruthless, with songs like Back in the Game. Time, life. time life music for real. 
pretty much. I mean, and especially with the fact that I'll see you guys. I know, I believe I remember I saw that you guys create your own independent record level called 361 or 361 degrees. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I did get that right. Woo. So with you guys having your own independent record label as well, it allows you guys to really play with a lot of these different ideas in terms of marketing, how to get your songs out there, what kind of promotions to work with, and what kind of people to work with to help promote your songs. It gives you a lot more autonomy to work with. And, you know, if you want to potentially try something out, can do it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the goal, you know, um, to uh, make the machine easier to move when when you want to accomplish stuff, for sure. And especially with the way that, you know, especially from the pandemic, we've seen a lot more bands we've seen go more the independent route as well, like you guys have. And I've seen a lot of it happen for the positive because, again, with the internet, a lot of that distribution, there's a lot of tools there that a lot of times, you know, we when it comes to like, you know, if you guys are making, when you guys are making these like 20 years ago, the whole landscape has completely changed. Yes. And you guys have a lot more power as artists now, especially through the internet. So being able to harness that, use that, and do a lot of this stuff on your own, you guys are able to make those decisions a lot quicker. You guys are able to take more risks that you want to take without having so many hands in the pot. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it, you know, it, it definitely has its its risk, um, you know, but it's risk versus re reward. You know, we, we, you want to uh, uh, weigh your options and you want to be educated and you want to make, you know, smart choices and as, as many low risk choices as you can. Um, but sometimes you, you, you want to make that high risk choice. And that's, uh, you know, that's the position that we're in right now, that when we want to spend more or we want to, you know, see if the fans are going to like a particular song, we just kind of go for it and, and, and hope for the best. And another way you can go about it too is again, all of a sudden there, say there's something that's really popular going on that you just want to be able to take advantage of you can make that decision right then and there. You could potentially capitalize on a trend right from the beginning and maybe not, you know, potentially wait a week or two and all of a sudden you finally hit that trend, maybe some with a promotional tactic and all of a sudden that's kind of died out. You can hit that right away and potentially, you have a lot more chance to potentially hit that lightning in a bottle. However, like you said, there are a lot other risks associated with it. So no matter who you are as an artist, band, or anybody in life doing anything, there's always going to be those risk rewards between decisions that you have to weigh out and you have just to pick the one that's going to be best for you. Yeah. And that's what it's about. It's, but it's us picking what's best for us. And you know, when you're on other teams, people think about themselves too. So, uh, you know, we for once just wanted things to be about us. And with the fact that you guys have been doing this for 20 plus years as a band, Again, you've seen a lot of different things. You've gone through a lot of things. You've gone through so many different changes as well in terms of basically just the world around you, how music is produced, how music is distributed, how music is listened to from the fans, how performances are done, a lot of that stuff. You guys have seen the change happen over the past 20, 25 years. So when it comes to being able to understand some of the ins and outs of the industry, being able to really take this on independently, there's a lot of other knowledge that you guys have now that some of these other bands that are going independent might not have. So it does put you guys in an incredible position to really capitalize on being independent, going your own way, and being able to take some of those risks to potentially gain some of those rewards. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be lying if I didn't say I, I didn't take some of the lessons that I learned playing the major label game into the independent you know, label model. 
um, there's things that worked wonderfully over there. So we use those same kind of strategies and tactics and, you know, dividing the budgets and where we allocate funds and those kind of things. Um, you know, I think where the, and, and I, I've said this a few times in interviews and I, and I hope this is being translated properly, um, that there's, there's a part of the, the artist label model that that will never fix and it has to do with um the the way music and artists are currently and delivery and value of artist and song artist song label deals are around a song they're not really around an artist. They're around a song or an album. They're not around an artist. They sign an artist, but they really sign a song. So what happens is, and this is my personal perspective, is when you think about what's best for the song, sometimes it's not what's best for the artist. And sometimes what's best for the artist isn't what's best for the song. And when it when you're put into a position of business, now you're having to answer to a higher level of thinking, budgets, money, quarterlies, taxes, shareholders, staff, all of these things that you have to consider when you're making a decision for an artist, this artist doesn't consider any of those things, but all of those things are what drive the decisions for my song. So how am I supposed to grow the power and strength of the music if your focus isn't on growing the strength of your artist? That's not what in conversations that personally I've had with those, you know, big rooms, that's the point that I see always get missed is that, well, we can't really spend on there because that helps you. It really doesn't help the album. Well, if we help this, it's going to help the album. The, the greater this is, the more people love anything. You know, it's, a, it's like, I mean, look at Drake. Look at Drake. Look at The weekend. Look at Billie Eilish, big, big, big names. They could shit on a tape and put it out and people will listen to it. That's true. That is, that is it. They have established their value. And it's because systems put money into that. It wasn't just the music. It was everything. That's why when you see artists like The Weeknd, you see artists like Billie Eilish, you see the art and the artist. You don't just hear a snappy song. It's the snappy song that got your attention, but it was the artist that sold you on everything. That's the difference. So if your focus then is here, this fixes itself. 
And that's what people don't miss is that if you signed me for something that you heard over here, then focus on what I have to say over here and we're going to win together. If not, then it's going to be something that I'm not so sure of and you're not so sure of. And then that middle of the ground, watered down idea that gets presented to fan bases gets sniffed out as, as ungenuine in a heartbeat. And that's the difference, is that that's the break in the system, is understanding that that's the risk, is that you're investing in a, in a person, in a human being, in something that is literally reaching up into the ether, pulling down something that is nothing and going, look, this is amazing because I say so. And so people go, wow, I got to give this a chance. Look at the conviction. Look at the passion. Look at the heart behind it. That doesn't happen just from a song. That happens from a body, a place, not just from a thing. Yeah, it doesn't happen from like a other thing, the end product of it all, where the artist created the song. The, the song is the product that comes out of the artist's passion, of their creativity, of their emotion, of their experiences, of what they want to say on there and how they want it to be said, how they want it to be heard. That's the end product. But again, right. like you said, they're the ones that created it. They're the ones that are the generators how of it, all of that. But how it should be presented and how it should be seen and how it should be heard and our first step forward, all of these things get, get um, considered outside of deep consideration. I've already considered it. My other bandmates have already considered it. The artists that I work with to do my videos to do my art my my album covers to then turn and present that and have it second guessed shouldn't be part of the process that's where the break in trust happens where hey you know um you know the scrub daddy dude made that sponge and he didn't give a shit how many sponges were out on the market he knew his was going to be the best. And somebody got behind him and made that sponge the best one on the market. There's other markets that uh, other sponges exactly like that sponge that have been around for decades. He made his a smiley face, able to clean utensils. And all of a sudden, boom, it was the next new thing. Artists are always making the new thing. And if you don't hear that thing in that and trust their direction, then you're you're buying into something that you that your opinion is just wrapped around, not not the entire scope of that plan is is driven by because that song that I wrote might not even be my favorite song or the song that I feel like represents me the best, but in today's market, it might have the best chance at radio or that it sounds like this particular freaking, you know, uh, Slipknot song that now, hey, that's kind of Slipknotty and Slipknot's popular right now. So maybe we should put that song out right now. It's that that shouldn't be the way decisions are made. And sometimes that's the the things that were presented and being presented those things by a professional, you know, makes you second guess yourself and makes, makes you second guess your art. 
And that's when, when things start to just be about this and not about what it started as. I'm not gonna lie, Elias. I, I I did not want to really speak during any of that because of the, I just wanted I was just captivated by what you were saying and really trying to take every bit of it in because there was there's a lot there that you just spoke about in terms of the relationship between like the label artist relationship and where it goes askew, where it goes awry, and really seeing how it can be broken up between you know like you're talking about with Billie Eilish, Drake, The Weekend, why it's there. The focus is on the artist and why for so many other artists out there when it comes to these different deals the focus is on the end product the focus is on the song and it's like what's gonna be best for what's gonna be the best for the album what's gonna be best for the song in terms of marketability radio play what's gonna be the best what's gonna be the thing that's gonna make the most money or let's it's and and in today's world unfortunately it's not that it's the it's the opposite it's it's how little can we spend how little can we promote and it still be successful? How little can we possibly do for, to gain major success? And we did so little for this band over here and they were huge. So we should theoretically be able to do that same with this person and get the same, you know, uh, 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 product at the end. That's not the case. That doesn't that, you know, uh, genres, niches, uh, uh, demographics, everything works different. And it's that, you know, running it through the same system that creates that that, uh, uh, you know, touch and go relationship between artist and label. You know, going back to that that point about Billie Eilish and we I mean, all those guys are on major labels. It's not like that. It it works in some cases, but every artist on the weekend's label and on Billie Eilish's label don't get that attention. If they did, they possibly could be that big. We'll never know. We'll never know because there's not that much staff, attention, time, money. So. I don't blame the labels, but I have to decide as an artist, am I going to keep asking the same question, get the same answer, get the same final product and expect it to change? Or am I going to see for once if I try it myself, can I achieve just as much and not feel so judged after already judging myself for months as I build out an album. You know, I, 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 I don't write anything that I can't wear on my sleeve, you know, and, and, and any kind of, any kind of criticism to an artist in that sense is should be should be understood and should be delicate because if not it it creates a a, a mental strain and an emotional strain on artists that make us feel like workhorses 
And I don't like to be rode hard and put up wet. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to end up referencing this podcast many times in the future because of this last little segment of what you just said based on, I mean, ever, everything. It's it, it's caffeine just to hear, again, the difference between how labels are looking at things and how it's when it comes to, again, the artist, the song, what the focus is. One thing I'm kind of, sh- again, shocked at is not the fact that it's, you know, what's going to be more popular. It's what, like we said with labels. What can we spend the least amount of money on for the most amount of success? They it's they want the official, they want their bottom line to look the best. And from their standpoint, I do understand where they're coming from in that. Yeah, they aspect. have to they have to answer to shareholders, and that's what I said. Yeah. I don't blame labels, but they can't blame me for holding my opinion this in this way. It's that at, at a at a certain point, I have to decide if the value you're putting on me is what I value myself at. And a lot of times it isn't. So I, I can make that choice as, as a, as an artist of, of whether or not I want to, if, if, if I want to spend the money, fuck it, I'll spend the money. Let me spend the money. Let me put it on me. And guess what? Major labels. I learned my lesson. You were right. I'm saying it right now. They're fucking right. It is expensive. It is extremely expensive. It is a lot of work. But right now, I probably wouldn't change it because the success that we're receiving with the with the amount of of and the lack of anxiety and the amount of freedom artistically that we have right now is is not something that i'm used to you know um so i want to sit in it at least for a little bit and 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 enjoy it no oh absolutely sit in it enjoy it because when it comes down when it comes down i mean you're the one they're making all the decisions and when it comes to the focus being on the artist and the focus on how you guys are making the music, how you guys are promoting, everything about it is being thought of with the artist in mind and growing the overall artist, growing the growing the band, and just being able to focus in on that and not have to, you know, answer to all those other people. Have a label that has to answer to you know all the different shareholders that are in there, different people that are running different things, the different you know certain bylaws or semantics that they have. It's you guys are running it the way that you want to run it. And there are the risks in there, like you said, the cost. Yes, it is expensive to want to be able to try and do something like this. But the reward is you guys are potentially able to work any way that you want to work, promote it however you want to promote it and make the best decision for you that you think is the best decision for you with the overall artist and the band in mind and not really having to deal with, Oh, we have to put it out this way. We have to make this amount of money on it because we have shareholders that expect this. No, you guys are the ones that are in control. You're the guys, the ones that when it comes to meeting expectations, the only people who have expectations you have to meet is you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just make sure that we pay the invoices. That's, that's really the, (laughs) that's really the, the, the goal right now is, is to keep the machine going and, and we're, we're doing it just fine. We're not. I, I, I wouldn't trade the workload for, for the product that we're getting. We're getting music that we've always wanted to write. We're getting releasing artwork and, and, and merch lines and doing advertising. We always wanted to do it's, it's, you know, things are, 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 you know, uh, where we wanted them to be, um, 
as as close as we wanted them to be. And you can see it come out in the in like when it comes to the overall end product, and that overall end product is going to be the music. It's going to be the song. It's going to be the EP. It's going to be the album. And again, just using the When Doves Cry cover specifically. Seeing that you said you went through many different iterations of different versions, like five or six different versions. You worked on so many different things with this, and. Yeah, you guys were able to do something like that because you guys were accountable to yourselves only. So you're going to put it out the way that you guys wanted to put it out. We may you not, you know, honestly, we may not have t- had time to do that many versions if we were still in, in, in our former position. So it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you can't, you can't just put on a schedule or just say, I'm going to spend this amount of money and I'm going to get this result. It's, it's, we're, you know, music is as human as the people that make it. So you have to, um, you have to respect the delivery process in that, in that same way. And by respecting that delivery process, I'm just going to have to use that as an example. You see how it turned out. You see when it was put out there, how people received it through the marketing and just people listening to it and the positivity that you saw from it based on the quality of, of the end product based on the fact that the focus was put on the artists and the band for you guys artists and as a band as a whole to create something that you guys wanted to create, make it sound the way you guys wanted to sound. And again, it speaks to the quality of the song. It speaks to the quality of the cover. And you take a listen to the ruthless song as well. Again, the single off the EP, it speaks to the quality of that as well, where AEW decided we're not going to have it here on this one. No, we're moving it here because this is a much better spot for it because it's such a good song. And you could, the way that you guys are going about, it, you could potentially see that continue to happen where all of a sudden people pick up your song. It's like, okay, we're seeing the quality behind them. We're seeing the energy behind them. We're feeling it. We're feeling the passion coming from the artist into the song. We're feeling that, you know, the focus on the artist and the end product being the song is just how that focus and how that overall quality is being portrayed here. We could just see this massive growth of non-point that we haven't seen, you know, in a long time, maybe even ever. We could see this insane growth based off of something like this. It's very possible with the quality and with the fact that you guys are able to potentially push these songs out, market them, send them out any way that you see fit for that specific song, for that EP, for that album. I think I think we needed to show the industry that that exactly that. And I feel like now people understand that, um, you know, we understand our, 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 our place in music and our place uh, uh, in rock. And, and uh, you know, we, we know how to market ourselves and we, we just wanted to, uh, uh, you know, basically prove it to the world. And with those, with Ruthless, the, the song with the One Doves, uh, One Doves Cry cover, I said One Doves Cry, that'd be kind of weird. One Doves Cry cover, and now when the EP is going to come out, when you guys are working, the new people working on the new fun album, when you guys are going to be playing these live shows, the heaviest sets that Nonpoint has ever played, there's going to be something there. There's going to be this feeling of just overall life, this energy that's going to be around there. This adrenaline rush that's going to be around there that... I feel like it's just going to end up drawing more people than non-point fans, uh, other artists. It's going to end up, tra- you know, people that you're using music for things. Again, like WWE, AEW, it's just going to draw the attention to you guys. And people are going to want to potentially work with you guys and use your music to 
help out whatever their product is. What again, WWAW is a perfect example of it. They could put they could put even more of your guys' songs as promos for shows, as promos for pay-per-views, as potential like, oh, we're gonna have a wrestler wants to use this as their walk-up song. Okay, that wrestler gets big, and then all of a sudden it's like an edge alter bridge kind of thing. It could yeah. there's a lot of potential here for something like that. And a lot of that drives from the quality of music you guys are putting out because with the focus being on you guys, the artists, and the band as a whole. Thank you, man. Thank you. We're uh, we're uh, we really feel like we're set up for the new year, and and you know my team is sharp. I'm 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 excited to get going. Oh, you guys are definitely set up for the new year, and well, when 2022 rolls around, for everyone listening, what I want you to do is I want you to you know make sure that when non-point, if you're able to see them. Mark it down on your calendars, circle that date, say, I'm not putting anything else on this date because Nonpoint is playing live and I'm going to see him and I'm just going to have a kick-ass time. That's what yeah, I want everyone to do. We're out January uh, 6th to the 30th. So any of those dates, man, you, you, you'll you find it. Go to nonpoint.com and, and get your tickets now. Well, well, we'll make sure that happens. But Elias, as we close out this podcast, one thing I'd like to do to close these out is give you a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So buddy, the floor is yours. Yeah. uh, December 27th, the ruthless EP goes live everywhere along with back in the game and the new video for back in the game also goes live uh, on YouTube. Uh, There's a pre-save link on our Instagram and on our Facebook. So just go to any one of our socials and you can save the pre-save link now uh, to save to your favorite music library um and be ready for us january uh, all the way up until february uh we'll be uh doing uh, our headlining run and then doing ship rocked uh and then we're gonna hit the studio and get that next ep ready to come out That's one exciting. song's already done and it's it's unbelievable so we're 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 definitely setting the bar high Dude, you got me excited as all hell right now. So I'm going to close this episode by saying three things. First things first is when it comes to the Ruthless EP, when it comes to finding non-point line, when it comes to getting out and seeing them play live, there's many things you can do. You can follow them on social media. You can go, you know, pre-save whatever they have coming up, whether it's the Ruthless EP, whether it's the next EP, whatever it might be, listen to it, stream it, buy it, download it, all that good stuff. Watch YouTube videos. There's so much you can do to connect with non-point that you're going to want to be able to do all of it. But I also understand that everyone likes convenience. Why search it up all yourselves when someone like myself can search up all these links, put them in the description of the podcast, and have you have a one-click, one-stop shop for everything. So you better believe I'm going to do that. I'll have to take a look at the podcast, say find Nonpoint online. Everything will be there. So don't miss out on Nonpoint on social media. Check out their videos. Be able to listen to music, pre-save it to all your stuff. If it's, you know, be in the pre-save mode, if it's out there. Listen to it, add to all your stuff, and go check them out live when you get the chance. Now, guys, here's number two. And this is a promise I always tend to make to a lot of people on the podcast that I enjoy having because I enjoy doing this. It's like my favorite thing I do in the world. And every person I've had on here, I've enjoyed. And I've made this promise. You, sir, you absolutely hit on that. And like the last like 20 minutes of the podcast, we were talking about just the stuff that basically had me like, I do not want to like say a word because it's just, I am sunk into this. Like I am profoundly into this. It is probably the most like sunk into a podcast I've been on since I've had Sahaj from Ra on because that guy goes absolutely nuts with some of these things. And you got you just went as deep. I was just like, I can't stop listening to this. So my promise is not an if, not an if, because if implies possibility of not happening. 
I'm going to say when, because when implies, yeah, this is going to happen. Date is still to be determined, but it's going to happen. So when I get to see non-point perform live for the first time, because I haven't seen you guys perform live yet, but I'm definitely making sure it happens. My yes. promise to you is this, sir, and it is first round's on me. Deal. Deal. So on that note, I cannot end this podcast in all good conscience by saying goodbye because I have to make good on that promise. After hearing this, what we've just, we're done talking about, especially with the labels, artists, all that kind of stuff, why you went independent, all that good stuff. I was so captivated. I would love to do this again in the future and talk all about stuff, talk about more new music with you. So I cannot in good conscience end this with a goodbye. That is not the way to end this. I'll see you Yep. See you later, bud. For sure. We'll see you soon, baby. Well, folks, that was my interview with Elias and the band, Nonpoint. Once again, Nonpoint is right now playing the heaviest set they have ever played on this headline run in January of 2022. You're going to want to go see McConnell. You're going to want to listen to the Ruthless EP. You're going to want to be able to pre-save the next EP they're coming out with and the full-length album they're going to end up coming out with that they're going to end up working on, you know, in 2022. You're going to want to follow along with them on social media. You're going to want to help get them on places like, you know, more songs on WWE video games or video games in general, or songs like AEW stuff, all that good kind of stuff. So you're going to want to follow them on social media, watch them on YouTube, listen to their stuff, download it, stream it, save it, buy it, whatever it might be, check out, you know, buy some merch, buy concert tickets. All the links to that stuff for now point are in the description of the podcast. Remember to follow the Core Progression Podcast as well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Remember to subscribe to the Corporate Rush Podcast on YouTube because you get to watch the podcast interviews with those bands and you can see your favorite artists and me, you know, shoot the shit, have a good time. If you don't want to watch my YouTube but you like to stream them listening-wise, audio-wise, we have that available for you on Spotify, Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. So link description below. Thank you to the sponsors, Custom Debuts and Phoenix Fitness, their discount codes, and the links in the description of the podcast as well. And on that note, that's going to be for me again. Thank you very much for listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. Shout out to Shauna O'Donnell, though, because she is one of the best PR people in the business. Has gotten me connected with many different bands. She was the one that got me connected with, you know, Sahaj from Ra, with Elias from Nonpoint, and, of course, probably my favorite one she's got me connected with, Joey from Outlier. So, my name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!